Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to move out of the way of the trees. As we have begun our celebration of the great feast of Pentecost, uh, we in the gospel reading assigned for Matins uh, can see the intimate connections, but of course that scripture already has between our Lord's uh, life-giving death, uh, his uh, ascension into heaven, and now his sending the Holy Spirit, where we have, going back, uh, the resurrection of Count with Thomas. So we go back to the very beginning of Pascha, and it is, of course, because in the Gospels, uh, there is, well, in the Gospels, there's a few, there might be a little confusion. When do we actually receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, I love that. Right? Jesus blows it out upon the apostles, but he also is going to send it to them. Right? Do what? He gives it from the cross as well. So, I like Deacon's response. Yes, there is in all of this aspects uh, that we can see in the giving of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit, as we know from the teaching of the church, uh, resides or rests upon the Son. So, the Holy Spirit uh, comes from the Father, rests on the Son. The Holy Spirit is breathed out from the Son. We know that the church, uh, as this is one of these, is that kind of cute saying that Pentecost is the birthday of the church. I don't know if I really like that saying because it's kind of confusing. And it's not really a very helpful thing. Uh, the church comes from the side of Christ that we have here in the gospel reading, right? Blood and water coming forth from his side that we have uh, with Holy Communion and Baptism as the early church fathers I interpret that blood and water that comes forth from his side, from the piercing of the spear, which is where Thomas's fingers are put uh, in this gospel reading that we have. We have the Holy Spirit always being attached to the Son, attached, I don't like that word, resting upon the Son. We saw this uh, at creation. As the word is creating, the Spirit hovers over the waters. We saw this at Theophany. The Spirit hovering and resting upon the Son with the Father saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We see it at the cross. We see it at the resurrection of the Holy Spirit residing, presiding, uh, resting on the Son. I really like the word, the rest. That the Spirit delights in and the Son delights in the Spirit. And that this great feast that we have for us is the Holy Spirit having been given to the disciples with the Old Testament reading uh, where Moses uh, the 70 uh, are given the Holy Spirit, that they are given a share in what God has planned. And then the prophecy, of course, that all will prophesy, all will have the Spirit poured out as the Spirit will be poured out on all flesh. So this is a great feast 
where we see all of the fruit of the cross. We see the fruit of the resurrection. We see the fruit of the ascension because the Son has to sit at the right hand of the Father in order to send the Spirit as he tells his disciples to go and gather at Zion, at Jerusalem, so that he can send them and clothe them with power from on high. This is uh, where the source of unity for us is. Uh, This is one of the main themes of Pentecost, that we have been summoned together by the Holy Spirit, that we who follow Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit rests upon us. This is kind of the whole economy of salvation, that Jesus Christ coming in the flesh takes our nature. As St. Athanasius says, Christ took on flesh or a body so that the Spirit could be poured out on all flesh. So that the body could become spirit-bearing. So that you and I can become little Christs. So that you and I can participate, as we have seen through the book of Acts that we've been reading through the possible period, uh, how it creates, takes men and women and transfigures them. uh, As that one of the hymns, martyrs, prophets, apostles, but even fishermen. Right? That's what's in the Chaparia. That the Spirit makes wise, uh, even fishermen, wiser than the teachings of all the philosophers, all of the teachers, all of worldly wisdom. So, this is one of the great feasts where I could keep going and going because there's so many facets to this particular feast. But I'd like for us to see that connection where we come back and contemplate that resurrection scene with Thomas. Uh, him putting his fingers and then our Lord blowing out the Spirit upon them. And that the Holy Spirit, of course, has worked into our salvation, right? Because what does he say when he blows out the Spirit upon them? The sins that you loose and the sins that you bind or retain, I think was the translation that we have. So this is where you have uh, the paraclete, the defender. You have the one who's the convictor of sin within us. The one that then, as we say, as having received a heavenly king, the one that purifies us, that applies or rests upon us and cleanse us as we repent and turn to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I might as well end there because I'll just keep going and going. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow, of course, we have the great feast, uh, festival liturgy of uh, Pentecost. Uh, We will have, right after, basically, the dismissal, we will turn around and start uh, Vespers uh, and have the three hymns, sorry, the three prayers.